0: Hello, my name is James and I'm a solicitor at BP Collins.
1: And I'm Liv, also a solicitor at BP Collins.
0: And this is the Criminal Maze podcast. Welcome. In this series of the Criminal Maze podcast, we are looking at individual aspects of the criminal justice system. So we've spoken about juries and what hung jury is, um, victims' rights and whether a victim of crime does have rights and what they entail.
1: Drug driving.
0: Thank you. (laughs) And today we're going to be looking in more depth about driving offences and exceptional hardship. And we have a driving expert with us today. Um, He is Jonathan Moss, also a solicitor at BP Collins. So we hope you enjoy the episode.
1: So how long have you been practising as a solicitor?
2: I'm now in the criminal
0: justice system for over
2: 30 years. I've been a solicitor for about 30 years.
1: And you used to run your own firm? I did. Right, and so you've been an expert on traffic law for some time.
2: Oh, for most of that time. When I started off doing my training contract, my my um, my principal was um, an expert on road traffic and I spent many mm-hmm. years with him and, and learned from him.
1: Amazing. Well, today we're going to pick your brains. Uh, we are going to be talking about exceptional hardship. Right. So... I'll give you a scenario, and if you can help me then work out what happens at the end of that scenario. (laughs) Okay, right. So I am uh, a driver, and I have nine points on my license, and then I've got another speeding ticket, which will give me three points, which will mean that I've got 12 points on my license. So I think what I'm facing is, what I think I'm facing is disqualification. 12 points, endorsement, I'm out. What am I, is that correct? Are there any options?
2: Okay, so... (laughs) It's worse when we look at this scenario, just taking a step back, Olivia, Great. if that's okay. And, and, and just understanding what the point system entails, because yeah. you need to understand that, if, if I may. So the first point is, in order for points to be added together, mm-hmm. the offences must be committed within three years of each other. So, right. so the first thing you need to do is, if you're on nine points and you get a letter from the police or the court raising a new offence, mm-hmm you need to look at the, the commission dates. It's commission to commission. So you look at the date of the new offence, not yeah. when you get the summons, but, but when the actual allegation arises yeah. and you go back three years. I see. And any offences committed in that three years are added into the pot.
1: So if I, I think I've got nine points on my licence because I know that I have incurred nine points as an endorsement. But when I check... The the commission of my offence, actually, I incurred the first three points four years ago.
2: Yes, because points will remain on your licence for four years, but they're valid for three in the light of the rule I've just said. So it's always worth getting a, going to the DVLA website. It's a free website where you're typing my driving record. If you have to pay for that, you're in the wrong website. It's free. You can look at your driving record, you can look at the dates and work out, are these within three years? If if an old one is more than three years, mm-hmm. it doesn't get added in. So a lot of people ring up in a panic thing, I've got nine points, I've got a new one. Well actually when you delve a little bit deeper. Yeah you find out that actually they've only got six points or three because they've dropped off through the passage of time. Okay. And the second thing to understand is the whole point of the totting up process, which is if you get 12 points or more within a three-year period, is to deal with lesser offences. It's to stop people committing lots of small offences without serious implications. I
1: see.
2: So if it's a more serious offence, then that Mm -hmm. may be dealt with by way of a disqualification. And if you're disqualified for that particular offence, then you won't get points so this is for minor. we're talking about 35 in a 30 maybe you've been offered the speed awareness course and it's another one Mm -hmm. you can't be offered that again so it's for 35 40 in a 30 80 on the motorway the sort of lower level that will that will bring you into committing four of them yes that could that could draw you in to the risk of a disqualification
1: so you mentioned there that you've got an option of, or you might have an option of a driver awareness course or a speed awareness course, but that isn't always an option.
2: It's not. It, it, no. it, normally, if you've had it within three years, you won't get offered it again. Yeah. And secondly, it's for lower level. So if we yeah. talk about 80 on the motorway or 35, the police ordinarily will offer that to you, providing all your documents are in order. Yeah. They'll offer that to you. And if you do that, that avoids any points.
1: Any points. But the points you have on your licence will stay for the duration of their three years yes right yes so say in this instance i've got i've got nine points on my license i've been it looks like i'm looking at another three i took a speed awareness course a year ago it's not an option for me so it looks like i'm going to get the 12 points
2: okay so that was your very first question absolutely so the answer is disqualification is not inevitable. Okay. So the law says if you accumulate 12 or more points within a three-year period, referencing what I just said earlier, mm-hmm. assuming that is the case, then the starting point is that the court is required to disqualify you from driving for a minimum period of six months. Mm-hmm. That minimum period can be greater if you've got previous disqualifications over a certain length on your license within the preceding three years. So it can be escalated to a minimum 12 months or a minimum two years if you've got longer bans on your licence. Right. And, and the law says absolutely, the starting point is you shall be disqualified unless, and here's the big, I guess the essence of your you know, client's questions, unless you can show that the loss of your li- driving licence will cause you
1: mm-hmm.
2: or others mm-hmm. exceptional hardship, which is defined in law as, to quote, something out of the ordinary. Right. So what you need to show, I always use the analogy of like, um, do you remember when you used to get playing cards and build them up in like a big house? Yes. Yeah. That all needs to come tumbling down. Your world or right. others need to come tumbling down. So it's also worth remembering that when a court is considering an, whether you've got an exceptional hardship argument, one, it's a high threshold. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that we're not talking about minor inconvenience. We're not talking about it's going to be a bit difficult. It mm-hmm. needs to be something that is deeply challenging that's going to cause real outcomes which are significant and do lead to hardship. Yeah. And it's also worth bearing in mind when the court looks at hardship, it will also give greater weight where that hardship mm-hmm. is going to be to an innocent third party. So for example, if you have children that yes. can't get to school who yeah. are innocent in this, or you run a company and maybe you are the lifeblood of the company, maybe yeah. you are the, the senior salesman, You've got loads of contacts, so you can't just get in anybody else to do your job. You need to go on the road to to bring the work in. And if that doesn't happen, less revenue, innocent third parties, i.e. employees may lose their job. That employee who might lose their job maybe has a pregnant partner.
1: But that's you raise a really interesting point there, because you might think that or one might think that um, loss of a job would be. I mean, for most people, that would come close to, you know. Their world tumbling down if they can't drive and they lose their job because of that. But from what you said, I understand that actually it needs
2: to be a step beyond that. In it, some it, it does. And I, I think the law is quite clear loss of job on its own yeah. is never going to be exceptional hardship. You need to show consequences that flow. And that doesn't mean that that. It doesn't mean that you as an individual can't suffer great hardship mm-hmm. from losing your job, but it's loss of job on its own, which will never be enough. So an example, mm-hmm. you may suffer from mental health issues. Yeah. Your job might be really important, maybe by going back to work. Yeah. that job has kept your um, mind busy. It's given you focus, interaction with in- uh, you know, individuals and has really helped you stay well. Yeah. A doctor may feel that if you lose your job and are sitting at home, you're going to take a backward step and it's going to yeah. impact on your mental health. So therefore, you've got something which is beyond simple loss of job. Yeah. There are consequences that flow. And you mentioned loss of job. Well, mm. in this day and age of mortgage rates and life getting more expensive, yeah. imagine if one part party is maybe at home looking after the children. Uh, And um, an individual, maybe, for example, an estate agent or a job that requires mobility. Yeah, yeah. If they lose their job, there's only one income. Yeah. Mortgage rates being very high. Maybe they haven't got any savings. And suddenly that impact of, of an innocent partner who's at home and a child being potentially thrown onto the street because they can't pay the mortgage. Mm. It's disproportionate. It's all about proportionality.
1: Yeah. It's interesting as well then. I mean, I think what you've said there really highlights, well, the discretion that the court has, because that's, that would be a very, you know, um, time, uh, specific example we are living right now in this time of, you know, cost of living crisis. Um, but the, what, what, or can you speak a bit more about the discretion
2: that the courts have? Absolutely. So, 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 it's actually a two stage process. The right. court will listen to all the arguments. Yeah. And it's worth remembering a lot of clients will say, I'm really nervous about giving evidence. I, I'm going to go to pieces, whatever. But it's always worth remembering that there are different ways to give evidence. Mm. And sometimes, as a lawyer, what you might do is if, if your client is particularly nervous and won't do them just themselves, just, yeah, you may decide that the best way, and this is in conjunction with your client, because it's their case, not yours, yeah. to do a prepared statement that effectively you would hand into the court saying this is the consequences if, 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 if you disqualify. Yes. You set it all out. And then all the client needs to do is go in the witness box and swear that it's true. Yes. Questions may follow. But if it's a really well-prepared statement, and I know I've done a good job, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. there are no questions, you've covered everything, yeah. that's all the client has to do is say, yes, it's true.
1: Now, is there a potential risk there when it comes to what arguments you can present on another occasion, should you wish to submit an exceptional hardship?
2: Absolutely. So, what if you if you raise something successfully? So, it's really important that the court, if they find in your favour, yeah. register on the court record exactly the the basis that they found it. So, we find exceptional hardship because the loss of your job right. will have significant impact in that employees may have to be made redundant. Mm. Or you you have an elderly relative in the middle of nowhere that is going to be left housebound and that's going to have implications or whatever. Yeah. So they would need to put that specifically on the court log. Why is that important? Because if you, are, if you tot again, if you get mm-hmm. 12 or more points again um, yeah. within a three-year period, um, You can raise an exceptional hardship again. That's Mm -hmm, fine. mm -hmm. But you can't raise the one that you successfully used within the three-year period. So if you have a client who might have their charity work, so you might have a charity saying, he brings in a £100,000 a year to the charity. Wow, we're really going to impact if he can't drive, he can't do his speaking for us or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And Mm there's going to be serious implications. And also the same client um, may have the elderly relative who relies on them.
1: You have two strong arguments. Yeah
2: you may decide if, if they're particularly strong, just use one. Yeah. yeah. So, so therefore mean. you've got the other one in your back pocket. And when the court looks at the register, nothing wrong with this. They say, well, you've won on that one. You can't use that. Ah, judge, but we're relying on this one. Yeah. So it's all about strategy overview, having a holistic understanding of the road traffic system and therefore not necessarily because the temptation always is to trump and everything before the court. Yes. I've got five yeah, reasons. Yeah. Breathe. Take a moment and think of your strategy.
1: And in your experience, so for, for, for the two examples that you offer there, an elderly dependent relative living in the middle of nowhere and a significant contribution to charity, they're both, I would argue, quite strong grounds to ask for an exceptional hardship exemption. In your experience, if you have, say, less strong grounds, but lots of them, is it worth then putting forward all of your arguments?
2: You've summed it up really well. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if, you know. Sometimes you go through with a client and you know that's a strong ground. Yeah. You know that can be supported with evidence. And you don't have to provide evidence because evidence in the witness box is evidence. You have to tell the truth. Obviously, you're yeah. under oath. So that can be evidence. But sometimes by preparing a case, if you can get whatever it is, bank statements, a letter from the elderly relative that's housebound, if, if, if mm. you can't take them out shopping, how that's going to impact on them, whatever. Obviously, if you can get evidence together to support it, that's going to put you in a much stronger position. But it's not its not essential, but advisable. Yeah. So, yeah. absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much, Sean. Um, it's been so interesting. But it's clearly very layered and it's not simple. It's quite complicated. So, would you advise people to seek legal advice in these situations?
2: I would, absolutely. You can see, you know, mobility is very important, especially in this day and age. Yeah. Cost of living, mobility is really important. Cost um it is complicated, it is is multi-layered, and strategy is absolutely king here. So it's yeah. very important to get your ducks lined up, to have a clear focus. And actually, it's not just about the law itself. Many clients, you know, you get one crack at this before the magistrates, and it's about doing the preparation. And, and as a law firm, you know, we can take the stress out of it and, yeah. and produce a, a way forward which is going to work for you, which if you're particularly apprehensive or yeah. nervous, the aim is to m- mitigate that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I've seen myself how you can yeah, just remove the heat from a situation for a client and also, you know, avoid the horrendous situation where, you know, somebody does lose their job or has to think about investing in taxis or public transport.
2: And like um, I said, you get one crack at this. Yeah. So, so it's really key that you you you, you get it right, and mm. and and also the court likes focus. Yes. So it's very easy. You know, as a lawyer, we can focus on the main issues. The court likes that. They're going to have a busy list. They don't want an hour taken up. You know, you can do an exceptional hardship very quickly. Mm. Just because it's done quickly, precisely, and focused doesn't mean it's any weaker. In fact, as far as the court is concerned, it's probably stronger.
1: Thank you so much, John.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Criminal Maze podcast about exceptional hardship. If you have enjoyed it, can you please subscribe on the platform you've listened to it on, share it, like it, and if you do see it on social media, screenshot and share it to your stories so that more people can listen. Thank you.
1: Thank you.